Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, we're back again with some more Tech Bites. Tech Bites, yes. A little insights into what's happening in the yes. channel, the world of business, technology, yes. innovation, society. Like it. Like Bas- it. Basically, it's just, we just sit around and just talk about stuff we feel like talking about. <laughs> Are we got any beefs today? I did not bring a um, beef. I don't think so. All right, so no. just bites. So just good stuff today. No, yeah, nothing, I mean, no downers, of, one of my no stories. Beef. One of my stories is maybe a bit oh, of a downer. I'm okay. going to be honest. <laughs> I don't call it a beef, but it's it might it might be a little depressing depending on where you live in the country. Fair so enough. We'll get fair into enough. That. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah uh, so yeah. we're going to talk about it. One of the big shows recently. We're yep. going to get into the four day work week again. I got a oh. follow up for my oh. last tech bites of sorts. What about, Not a follow up to that direct story, but all right, all right. a little more to elaborate. Yep. We're going to talk about EV charging networks. Yeah. We're going to talk about how far your paycheck might actually go. That's the depressing. Oh, that's the. De- oh God, why can uh, I already tell you? It doesn't go far enough. We're going to get End into of where, story. Exactly. We're going to get into where. Generations get their news, uh, which a, is hilarious. Oh yeah! But anyway, a report on the kiosk marketplace. Uh, we guess we got lots yeah, of good stuff. We got to some talk good about. stuff. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Things yes. that you can share with your friends, colleagues, yes, partners. You yes, know, talk some, about around the water cooler. Some that are industry specific. Some there that aren't yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 all right. Yeah. Well, let's get to it then. We got uh, it. It's time for us to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, Dean, let's kick things off. Yep. You, the first one you sent me here, ProMat 2023. Yep. Uh, I have a feeling I know a little bit of where you're going with this because if you recall, <laughs> Jody Costa mentioned, I think, on our marketing tips webinar that yes. events were back and a ProMat well, was a clear example of that. Yes, that is true. But, you know, we don't, I don't know that we need events to still give us the illustration of what is the biggest issue in warehouse logistics well, and everything true, like that. True. It's a surprise. Let's hear it. Uh, labor. Oh, <laughs> shocked and amazed. Shocked and amazed. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. So yeah, ProMat was the ProMat 2023, which is a, a huge show, uh, dude. It's like 50,000 attendees yeah, came there, which is a new record for the show, which is awesome. They had over 100 exhibitors, but and I wish I had a chance over to a go. Over 1,000 exhibitors. Yes, I'm sorry. Did yeah, I say 100? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, no. 1,000 exhibitors. Uh, I wish I had a chance to go because there was a, a ton of automation, it sounds like. Yep, In yep. fact, it, I'll just read from some uh, retakes here. If one word was heard more often than any in the show was undoubtedly automation. So, you know, it's clear. And why are you seeing all this automation? Well, it's because of the labor shortage, yep. right? I mean, yep. we talk ad nauseum about it, but but now that big shows like this are back and you've got people congregating, what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about the lack of people that want right, to work. Right. So, uh, so the automation is there. You know, automation means... Now, it doesn't mean necessarily... There was an interesting take, a, a reduction in labor force. It means increased efficiency and more targeted customer right, service. Right. I mean, I you know I saw some videos from it. If you look at what's going on, they are, robotics and automation is starting to even slice and dice down to the you know individual tasks that are, are that are happening amongst the supply chain. So really, kind of fascinating to to see that part. Another quote: Robotics could be a game changer for mid market companies to long uh, to longer be so resilient on the labor product 
productivity. So what, what that means is basically, you know, folks are starting to see robotics get down into the mid markets. You know, we always talk right. about, well, it's the big auto manufacturers and the big, the big tier one, whatever manufacturers or distributors and things of that nature. But it's starting to get down into the mid market on the robotics side. So that's, that's kind of cool. And right. when you see some of this stuff that you saw at Promat, again, wish I was there, um, it, it, it becomes abundantly clear that there's a lot of pressure to, to get some type of you know, uh, ability to do work, even, even right. down into right. the mid-level. I did have a couple of interesting things here, uh, a survey that related to it. Uh, the top two supply chain challenges, obviously, again, were not just the labor, that's number one, but also qualified or uh, the talent, uh, what they refer to as a talent uh, mm -hmm. ability to do these mm -hmm. things. And so, you know, not only is it sometimes just finding people to put in a place, but it's, you know, so skilled workers. The right kind do, of people. Exactly. Yeah. People actually they're, know what they're doing. Bingo. That kind of a thing. So, you know, it was just kind of interesting uh, to, to read up about what happened at Promat and those two things. My last take here is some of the things that are falling off the table. So as usual, <laughs> goes this read, the bottom of the list technologies that are likely to have a significant impact on supply chain, two of them, blockchain and 3D printing. So it's like, what, what I, that was all the rage. Like, oh, yeah. well, yeah. both of those seemed like they were all the rage not too long ago. Yeah. Like two, three, maybe. I can see the path for 3D ago. printing, but blockchain. Wait, what do you mean? 3D printing, like plummeting or still No, being no, around? the path for like that's still being at some point useful. Oh, Blockchain's I see. the I, one that I'm like, yeah, no, in one, supply no chain. one really knows how to, what the hell to do with that just well, yet. Unless you, I don't know. I mean, you think about the, the, the need to have ownership, right? And the token of ownership that down the supply yeah. chain. I yeah. thought that's where blockchain would kind of take off but apparently it's becoming a, a bit of a well a that bit of a i suppose these folks that are worried more about do i have enough people and enough skilled labor to even get the job done that's <laughs> yeah. probably not higher in their priority list like like i don't care we're, about we're not gonna worry about that yeah. blockchain stuff come on <laughs> that's a that's a pipe dream right now i, just, uh, I need yeah. to get some that's bodies fair. in here first. that's fair Maybe that's, that's fair gotta we got to get the work done first yeah. then we can worry about this blockchain and exactly and stuff like that but, so anyway uh, but i appreciated that at least it sounds like there was a lot of companies there who were trying to address this problem. Yes. It's not yeah. it's not a everyone's throwing their hands up in the air and saying, well, it just is what it is. Supply yeah. chain's kind of corrupted yeah. and labor shortages are hurting us. You know, so be it. Let's yeah. here's here's the latest cool Good AI solution. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's more of a, you know, it's what we talk about all the time of bringing that value add by saying like, hey, mm. not only do we have this cool technology, but here's how it's going to help an immediate problem that you actually have. That's right. There's going to be other problems it'll solve, but here's an immediate one that we know you're all dealing with and this is how we can solve it. And I also think it further highlights the fact that VARs and SIs got to get into this realm. They got to start understanding yep. it at least. So uh, maybe if you didn't go to Promat this year, you should go. It's Modex next year because they flip flop them. But right, you should right. go to Modex next year uh, just to start absorbing some of this world and seeing what's out there. Because I guarantee you, it, this is this is happening very very. Yeah, fast. even if you're not ready to sell it or your partners aren't asking for it, your customers aren't asking for it, it's That's going right. to happen at some point. That's you, right. You need, to your point, it's trickling down from the the tier one companies. You're going to need to be ready for it. You, again, you don't want to be the last one in on this one. Mm -mm, so. mm -mm. 
All right. All right. So what's happening in the UK okay, now? You got so, a follow up? So going yeah. On here? So if you remember in our last tech bites, I talked about like there was a um, uh, a conversation with someone at a tech company who had done the four day work week, and she'd kind of you know given mm. her journal and highlights of it or whatever. And we had a little riffing a little That's bit right. on that. You yeah. weren't sure that, that was well sustainable because she kind of jammed a five day work week. It seemed like into four True. days, even though she really wasn't right. right. But so, she loved the fact she had Fridays off. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. apparently the UK headed this huge pilot as part of a an initiative going on in the UK where 60 companies, um, almost 2,900 employees, did a piloted a four-day work week. And this was a lot of different types of companies, a lot of different industries. Um, it was everything from, like, marketing to healthcare, insurance, okay. all you know, a, a lot of different types of companies. Obviously, companies, ones where the ability to, like, not work a day was maybe a little easier. Or maybe there was, you know, it seemed like a little bit more white-collar jobs yeah, more often yeah, yeah, than yeah, not, yeah, yeah. typically. So basically, not, they, not the guys and girls filling in the ditches. No, exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Right, um, right. But basically, the idea was they they gave them all the opportunity to do this, and they and essentially there was the the only real mandate was you've got to essentially have what a, the equivalent of a four day work week in some way mm-hmm. throughout your business year. Okay, and the pay has to stay the same. All that right. was the two important mandates as part of this. Gotcha. Now they left it up to the companies to decide how they implement this. And they said, you know, a lot of for a lot of them it obviously depending on what they could do. Like if it was a company that said, hey, we can just literally shut down the entire company for a, one extra day mm-hmm. and have a four day week, they could do that. If it was ones where, hey, we need five days, somebody needs need to be, be open at five, least five days. days. Right. right. But the workers can you know, Right. Then it. they would they would ship you know swap it off, have some folks maybe Monday, some folks Friday, other days, whatever they wanted to do and swap that off. Some, it was more of a kind of a broad over time sort of thing in a sense where Hmm. like there's maybe peaks, if there are certain peaks of the year where their business was, you know, higher than others, maybe like, you know, at one time of the year, like, hey, it's okay if you take two days off, you know, on this later part of the Mm. year or work a lot fewer hours and maybe work a normal full-time schedule at a different point during in the, the year busy we time. need you right. Yeah, see, my wife kind of works in that industry. Yeah. There's definitely some dead time. So there's some flexibility. Yeah, yeah, there you. was some flexibility around All that. Right. But, but All again, right. the ultimate goal was still that ultimately by Try the end to of boil the year, it down to four we're days. essentially cutting out a certain amount of time that your employees are working and you're not paying them any less for doing so. All right, sir. So now I want to throw out some of the different stats that came out of this from the, the findings here. So the big one is this says the trial was a resounding success. Of the 61 companies that participated, 56 are continuing with the four-day week. That's 92%, with 18 confirming the policy is a permanent change. Whoa, 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 whoa. 92%, 92% are saying are gonna they're con- permanently going to make no, this no, no, a change? No, 18, 18 oh. of the companies said they were permanently make the oh, change. Oh, got it, got it, got it. 92% say they were going to continue at least for now. Oh, Still okay. continue on, which is got still, yeah, they're yeah, still yeah, going to yeah. do it. It's a yeah. good chunk of people that are still going to do this. Uh, before and after data shows that 39% of employees were less stressed and 71% had reduced levels of burnout at the end of the trial. Hmm. 60% of employees found an increased ability to combine paid work with care responsibilities and 62% reported it easier to combine work with social life. Hmm. Companies' revenue, for instance, stayed broadly the same over the, over the trial period, raising rising by 1.4% on average, weighted by company size across the respondent organizations. I didn't pull this note out, but I believe it was about 39. They reported a 39% increase over the same time period from the previous year, but that was a 21, 2021 to 22, 22 change. So that can be, you know, there's a lot of factors. But either way, they didn't lose any revenue. In fact, there was overall a slight growth in revenue during this trial. All right. And finally, the number of staff leaving participating companies decreased significantly, dropping by 57% over the trial period. So, 
What are your thoughts on this? I know last time you were kind of like, where does this end? Is everyone just going to want one day a week work? I still don't Do know you... that it answered my question on that front. Okay. But 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 this is really fascinating. I mean, everything that you just said is positive. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I there's mean, nothing less stress, nobody's you know, less people leaving. Uh what was the pay one again? Uh it said Something the you mean as far as revenues? Yeah. Uh, revenue stayed broadly the same well, over the trial period, rising by 1.4% on average, weighted by company size across respondent organizations. All right. So, so we're not losing any money. We're losing any money. Not In fact, losing even productivity. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 That's that people is felt better about their time off, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know they and there was a, I, and mind you, I didn't cherry pick the stats to leave out anything that was negative. There really wasn't much negative that came out of this. Mm. Um, there was a few folks, like a very small f- portion of folks said they prefer five days a week, but I mean, that's no different than the folks that say, yeah, I, yeah, I want right. to work in the office all the time, yeah, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and again, none, there was, it, other than the companies that flat out just closed business for a day, mm-hmm. none of them necessarily, you know, told people like, hey, you absolutely have to do this, like it or not. It was more of a, we've given you this ability to do this if you want to. Mm-hmm. And, and also with the encouragement that, you know, encourage CEOs and business leaders and all these organizations to abide by the idea of giving their employees more time available to themselves too and not not pushing the boundaries of this and saying like okay you know fine we're going to do this but then every now and then i'm going to you know insist that you come in for another day or something some of them still did that mm. but if they did there was a plan a clearly laid out plan and expectation in place ahead of time where they told folks hey we're going to do this. However, there are certain circumstances and situations where we might bring you in. There were even also a few that apparently did it on something of a merit basis, too, where it was like, hey, if you're keeping up your KPIs, if mm-hmm. you are maintaining your quotas as we expect out of mm-hmm. you, then, yes, you can continue doing four days a week. Mm-hmm. If you're not, the expectation is that you come back, back to five. five yeah, instead, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did. It was interesting. I guess the quality of life, you know, that, that that's one of those things that's that you wonder, but it, just to pull a quote out, you know, because they had some quotes in the study too. You have no idea what this means to my family. The amount of money we'll yeah. be able to save on childcare. Yeah, just if off you think one about it, day one day a week, even yeah. Yeah, one yeah, day yeah, a week, yeah. how much money you save? I mean, in childcare, yeah, for it's sure. expensive. But I'm still in my mind. I, so where's the end? You know, is the, now did they do another study where it's like the three day? Well, week, that's I don't think. I mean, that's just week? it. I don't know that people are suggesting that. They're simply saying like, hey, if it, can we do this with one less day a week and giving one more day into people's lives sure. out of each week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Of course, there's always someone who's going to want to work less. <laughs> but I think in general, that's that's always an assumption we make that people don't want to work. When in general, I think most people are like, hey, I, oh, want, yeah. I do want to do some work. <laughs> Marco raised his hand when I said they don't want to work. work. Yeah. <laughs> most people do want, especially no understanding well, the idea I don't know that I have to work in order time. to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Well, or, Marco would go and do some time. woodworking, I think. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he'd build some things there. on the side, yeah. But you and I don't have that skill. Oh, that's true. So interesting study, I thought I would say. So now what happens with this? It's just a study? I mean, I guess they'll probably check back in with maybe some of the companies, you know, that decided to keep doing it. You know, and again, you know, uh, the vast majority of them decided mm-hmm. to continue on, at least on a still continued trial basis, mm-hmm. some permanently. But, you know, interesting study. I felt like it opens up that window of, you know, uh, understanding well, where that, that might fit in and that, and that people shouldn't be as scared of the idea as maybe they think they should be. And now we have like some, a stu- uh, you know, a study around it. Yeah, some exactly. statistics that actually kind of 
it was intentionally done around this will let's be honest this will be the next frontier because we if you remember you know obviously we fought for a very long time and people were very concerned about the idea of people being able to work remotely or at home mm-hmm. on even a semi-regular basis mm-hmm. i think we've overcome that hurdle finally we understood like hey for we, sure that can be done yeah so is this the next hurdle is this, this the next might be the next like, hurdle hey, yes you Look know what you. we can get our job done in four <laughs> days a week too you know, out so. on the cutting edge bring i'm just it, saying if you need a volunteer a I'll, I'll try it out everybody i'll be the guinea pig for for us if you like <laughs> I got no problem the, with that. You'll be the blue star guinea pig. Yeah. Exactly. All right, all right. Hey, and I pro- I promise you, this is my word. My work will not suffer for it at oh, all. So. See, I know that's true. So that's what sucks, sucks about that statement. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you got? Talk to good us about stuff. the EV charging network. I know you're a guy that drives an EV, even, and I know there's probably one in my near, not near future, but at least my next vehicle future. So, well, you know, what's I'm going just, on with the I network? Continue to be fascinated by it, and I just I wanted to bring it up because there's some opportunities here, folks, yeah. uh, for some of our resellers. We'll get into that in just a second. But as you know. Uh, there, there's a, a directive out there from the White House and, and others uh, to try to get, uh, I think it's 500,000 accessible yep. chargers across the country uh, by 2030. So that is so a, a lofty goal. seven years from now. We got to get there. Now, they're going to get, there's a big boost because Tesla, I guess, is opening up their charging network yep. to non-Tesla cars, which does have some Tesla owners a little miffed, right? Because they're like, well, they're going to have to wait in line. Now, now my lines are going to be bigger because I got a Kia sitting there <laughs> waiting to get charged. And <laughs> not my Tesla. But, Look, but you can't I, all be elitist forever. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> the rest of us do get to have to get to play, you know? Come on. That's uh, hysterical. So, so anyway, that but dude, that's a, that's a huge network. Even yeah, though, when you yeah. look at, it, of course, California, uh, New York, Florida lead. You know who has the most charging uh, accessible charging stations today, mm-hmm. and a little bit more in this article kind of paints a picture that the West Coast is like this is already so well developed that it's like this electric. Uh, whatever, station network that you can get from basically the north part of, of the U.S. down to the south, traveling the West Coast, no problem at all. But right. at the end of the line here, and by the way, there's a lot of money involved in this. Oh, I'm $7. sure. $7.5 billion, uh, in a charging fund that, that is there from the administration, from the government. So, you know, why? why the, one of the reasons I thought we would bring this up here is to – just paint the picture that for our resellers, just to get serious here, there is an opportunity here mm-hmm. in the EV charging world, right? They already own, you already own the relationship with whatever entity you're dealing with. So if it's on, if it's on the warehouse, transportation logistics side, mm-hmm. those folks are going to start looking into fleet EVs, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, even if it's delivery vans to large trucks, uh, it's going to be there eventually. And so you own the relationship. You can start having those conversations. If you're on the hospitality retail side, same thing. Yeah. Uh, you have the ability to develop this business. Blue Star has a solution that we'll get into and, and check us out on different pods uh, coming up that there's just an opportunity here, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. again, I think that we all need to start educating ourselves on this because it'll be at the end of the road, it's g- still going to be a blend. Gas isn't going anywhere for decades probably, but uh, you know, there are going to be charging stations. EV sales are going to continue to go up. So uh, you might as well learn it and use it as an opportunity. I mean, if you could go back in time to the early 1900s and, you know, all the gas station owners <laughs> right. and stuff like that, but actually be a part of that. Oh, yeah. It's 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 interesting. Another because ground floor you want to get in on. Another ground floor you want to get into because, believe it or not, in this EV uh, charging station world, you as the reseller can make money on it. It's yeah. like yeah. it's like where we were with payments, you know, many, many 
many years ago when the payments companies started getting into POS uh, and paying for it because of the small fees that are accumulated on every transaction. Same idea, folks, here on the EV charging station, and you could be a part of it. So anyway, it's a tsunami, 500,000 accessible chargers. Oh, by the way, we only have, what, uh, around 100,000 right now chargers in the U.S.? 7,500 Tesla stations currently existing, and then it said Hertz, BP, GM, and EVGo are among the 16 companies that provide an additional 100,000 chargers. Well, those are going to be the 100,000. But as of March 2021, I looked up the stat, there are 100,000 public charging stations across the U.S. So you got 400,000 in seven years. You could be responsible for a few hundred of those. It's out there. In fact, I got to go, man. I got to go start (laughs) installing some of these. I guess you got to need to know an electrician would be good. Uh, I'm not really good with electric. Are you good with electric? Um, I've installed a ceiling fan or two here and there. and, And frankly, that makes me a little nervous. Nervous, oh, yeah. But, uh, electric know. is like one of those things. In my house, I'll do anything. I'll sweat a pipe. Yeah, I'll try to put yeah. up a wall. But then when it comes to the electric, I'm like, yeah, because I don't you like mess that up. Yep. Yeah. I don't like Marco, have you ever much. done some electric? Oh, yeah. Well, so of course. He's mm, yeah. he's no problem. You've ever gotten shocked doing an electrical? Yes, yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> is that how the beard came that's, around? <laughs> that's the hurdle for us is we don't we, we don't like the shock part. We're like, look, I like the the work's fine. It's the shock part that I have a problem with. I don't feel like getting blown across the room there because I, I uh, hit a connector wrong. Anyway, so. Well, this is good news, though, because, I mean, again, we're, we're heading that direction. Let's be honest. We're, yeah. You know, more and more people are going to buy these vehicles. And a big part of the hurdle to people buying more of them is, some to some extent, that fear of, well, how far can I actually go with oh, that's Oh, that's one of the huge If I don't have a charging yeah. station yeah, yeah, along yeah, yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. And, again, just like a gas station, at some point you're going to get to a point where pretty much any major exit wherever you're driving yep. is going to have one of these stations that you can yep. stop and charge at. So. Yeah. They have to. It's going to have to happen, and then more people are going to start buying these vehicles. Again, why not? Why ignore that opportunity if you could get involved in that That's at this right. point? Yeah, so, for sure. And I like your sure. point about that. The the relationships already exist, and it's just you just sidling over like, hey, here's a completely different kind of technology, but I know it's something that's going to be meaningful yep. to you and your customers. And, yeah, and, and if you and ever get interested, we got a solution for you kind of a thing, because go. it will be an agent model that rolls this out for sure. Might right. as well get a cut of it exactly. and help you in on your income, because apparently <laughs> income isn't going far uh, enough. I mean, I don't think anyone's particularly surprised by this, but an actual study was done about how far $100,000 goes. Okay. In various cities around, oh, around oh, got the country, you. Okay, the largest so, U.S. cities. So this is a, a well, study dude, that if was I'm done. In, if I'm in San Francisco, that does that even pay for water? Well, like oddly a, a enough, wa- San Francisco's, well, I mean, you should probably figure what the worst potentially is. We'll get to that. All right, all right, all right. So this is a recent survey from Payments, P-Y-M-N-T-S, and Lending Club worked together on this. Mm-hmm. And since we always like to talk about our methodology here, it's a fairly simple one. So essentially what they did is they did they used Smart Assets Paycheck Calculator to apply taxes to an annual salary of $100,000. All right, so I got one hundred k. We took out the taxes. Right, got the it. taxes for whatever city, yep. and then also compared that to whatever the cost of living standard is All and right. basically came up with a figure of here's how much $100,000 is actually worth in these major cities based on the tax rate and the cost of living. Got it. Now, not surprisingly, the absolute worst <laughs> at the top of the list was New York was, was New York City. New York City, yeah. Uh, which apparently came out to an average of $38,000. <laughs> a little, little under $38,000 oh, is what your Yikes. 100K is worth. Uh, is worth. 
The leading city was Memphis, of all cities. Not the one I would have expected. Wait, like like the best place like, to yeah. be? Yeah, so apparently a, a person earning 100000 a year in Memphis takes home 74515 Wow. after federal and local taxes. Considering this city has a cost of living that's almost 14% lower than the national average, those after-tax earnings are actually worth $86,444 when adjusted for the cost of living. So, wow, so if you're getting a 100 k payment, that's equating 86000 in Memphis? Basically. Basically, that's yeah, a like that's, lot of barbecue that's, that's, that yeah, you can get you down can, there. Yeah, yeah, you can do pretty well, apparently, in that I'll city. I'll be darned. Uh, there were a few Texas cities, actually, that made the, the top five of the list. El Paso, Dude, Corpus it looks like Christi, a lot of Texas Lubbock, cities in here. Houston, <laughs> uh, for, San Antonio, and Fort Worth, and Arlington were all tied at number seven on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three was Oklahoma City, so that was another one high on the list. St. Louis comes in at number seven. Of course, I checked Cincinnati, our local city here, which came in at number 25 on hey. the list with an average uh, at around 74K about what, as what your 100K is worth. All right. That's not yeah. bad. That's so three-fourths of what you're earning, yeah. you know, you get. But yeah. you, you got to think, though. So, you know, 100K, for some folks, 100K is, an, is a standard to reach that they may never get to in their life oh, or yeah. would dream of getting yeah. to. That's still good. And to, at, igno- and to know income. that in some cities... That still is barely worth much of anything. Yeah. Is, is a little depressing. You know? well, no, it's very depressing. I often wonder about that. I mean, the coast and some of these cities that are, it's like, it's outlandish. The I don't know how people do it, honestly. You know, know, on on whatever, a living wage would be in San Francisco. Have yeah, you mentioned San Fran. Let me look cl- that up here on the list. Crazy. San Francisco comes in at number 74 of the top, I guess it was the top 100. 100. The top hundred, yeah. So it comes in at number seventy-four. Their take-home pay amounts to thirty-six thousand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, not, what not I was great. really surprised to see is no Florida locations in the top ten. You know, th- there was an abundant amount of, uh, as you mentioned, Texas. Right? Yeah. Texas had five in the yep. top ten. Yep. The uh, first so everybody knows, you know, Texas is Texas, right. and there, you know. But but Florida is like an income tax. I thought. Free state. So the, the first one Florida has on this is Jacksonville at number twelve. Right. So that's yeah. Yeah, not too far down, but not you know not, not too great. far. But they only have two. Tampa is at twenty three. Yeah. So and that's you know, it. Your top twenty five. You're not getting too many there. Well, I need. You know, Miami's expensive. I guess well, Orlando's yeah, getting yeah. expensive too. But anyway, I was just a little bit surprised. Vegas on that surprisingly one. shows up at number twenty at seventy four thousand. No way. Vegas. I guess if you live there and work there, you probably aren't wasting money there like the people that visit. It's a, it's a different thing to be a visitor in Vegas and a person who lives and works in Vegas. Oh, you I got think. nothing to do in Vegas? Uh, unless you were going to go, you Yeah, know, exactly. all the I'm, I'm debauchery sure, that is yeah, Vegas. I'm, I'm assuming you don't indulge in a lot of that when you actually live and work there as much. I didn't. So. You know, that that is a good point. I guess the cost of living in Vegas is not terrible. Yeah. Well, if you can go to those buffets for like $15. <laughs> no doubt, man. <laughs> and oh, feed man. yourself. Good Vegas buffet. That. I miss that right now. Yeah. Well, All right. that is a little so depressing, a little, though. A little on the depressing side. Um, check oh, out, the, uh, I, as always, we always put all the links in the show notes to all these articles we talk about. Yeah. So go to there. There's the, the calculator. You can type your local big city in there and, yep. and see what yours is worth. Yep, yep, All yep. right, Dean, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about finding the news and how to get how, how, how generations get their news these days. <laughs> so there's a little bit of an article that came out on, uh, yeah, where, exactly, where folks get their news. Not a huge, I guess there are some things about this that aren't a huge surprise, uh, but there was one thing that I thought was kind of interesting. So anyway, they broke it down by the generations, right? right. Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, baby boomers, uh, as you can imagine. Then they kind of plotted it out. You know, where, again, where do people get their news? 
Um, so when you look at it, you know, what would you expect? Baby boomers, you know, from news websites uh, or, or any kind of social media. And what we're talking digital news, too. Like, we're, uh, we are this talking doesn't include, news. like, newspapers. Or, no. And I don't even think, like, they don't even include, like, television media. Either, Correct. Like, no TV no, channels right. or network. Right. So this is just online stuff, right? right? Yeah. Uh, so news websites, right? The news right. websites are where boomers are going, Gen Xers are going. Curious, though, that even Facebook ranked pretty high for uh, Gen Xers uh, and Millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they're getting a lot of theirs uh, from Facebook. Now, for me, that that's the cut. There, you can just stop. Well, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't do Facebook You know, for news. It's, right. it's news right. websites. Now, Twitter, I thought everybody got their news from Twitter. But Twitter ranked really low yeah. across the generations, if you ask me. All of them were less than 10% of those generations get their news from Twitter, which, again, I'll just restate it, I thought was fascinating. Because you always talk to people, it's like, why are you on Twitter? And everybody goes to the, well, it's where I get my news. Uh, I really? feel like Twitter's become one of those things that not as many people are really there as we think are there. Like well, yeah, they've made clearly. it they've made it feel like it is, and because it became such kind of a I don't know a hot button place, yeah, especially yeah. over the last six years or so. Like it's you know yeah. I feel like there's more talk about it than there is actual people using it and finding anything functional and well, useful. Okay, but that's fair. So, but but it began. I mean, here I am thinking. Well, it, it's especially younger generations, right. like uh, you know Gen Z, or I'm sorry, millennials. I just figured they were. Well, and Twitter, and and, uh, and to be honest, like especially in Twitter's earlier days, like not so much anymore, but definitely once upon a time, Twitter was a place to find the news faster than almost anywhere else. Yeah, like I do remember at a a point, it still has that. It does. Yeah, it's got that over even like online news. But to your point, that's kind of why it is surprising that people aren't using as much, given that the rapidity of it is is much higher than almost any other type of site out there. No, maybe maybe to your point, I mean, Twitter is just like a cesspool, right? It's it's like where people just go and they yell, and it's like it's it's. And trust me, it's fun. only gotten worse. <laughs> oh, it, of course. Well, it, it, but it, but it's you know unless you're following people that like sports people or something right, like right. that that you think is kind of cool. Anyway, maybe that uh, is reinforcing that. So at the end of the road, though, where do Gen Z get there? This is a little depressing, if you ask me. <laughs> where are they getting their news? Fourteen percent of them. So that, that ranked pretty high in this survey. Right. The yeah. highest, definitely for the for of anything outside of Google search. This was the highest rank, I think, wasn't it? It's TikTok. Yeah. That's yeah. right. TikTok is where you get your now. I am not on TikTok. Are you even on I am, TikTok? Like now, I don't. Do, I don't do anything on TikTok. Like but I'm you not. Have a, the app. But I have you the have app. A persona. And 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 I don't. It is not a place I've ever thought about for news. Like, I would never. To me, think it's to just. It's more fun. It's more, yeah. more fun than anything. It's bubblegum. It's, it's fun. It's Occasionally, there's some. There's some informational candy. stuff, and I can see how you could find that potentially. Plus, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the algorithm. So I guess if mm-hmm. you are, if you're someone who's going there and searching for certain things mm-hmm. because you're trying to find out what's going on with stories, I could see how the algorithm would suddenly craft it into something of a news source for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just it. Is I'm going if I'm going there and searching, I'm usually searching for a specific person yeah. that I want to see is on TikTok, and not necessarily for specific ah. stories or things that I want to see videos about. Yeah, but I, I, so I don't know, dude. I mean, it's, it, right? But when you're consuming information, it's in short format, right? On TikTok. I mean, I mean it can you be, can get a little longer It can be up to videos. like three, four minutes, depending yeah, on. Yeah, but I mean, but, yeah. probably not a lot of people are doing that. But so. again, let's be honest, a lot of people's de- attention span isn't that long no. either. So no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, news from there, I thought was very surprising. Yeah. But when you look at what ranked number two for Gen Z, that would be YouTube. 
Uh, that is all video. So yep. that is yep. clearly just this indicator is if I'm getting my news and you know what I need is valuable information, even though I know they're young, you know, not old enough to really maybe care about a lot right, of the right. quote unquote news that is happening in the world. I, I even asked my older children, it's like, are you in touch with all of what's going on? What? No. What? <laughs> Do you know who the president is? No, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a stuff. But anyway, right. um, it, it's fascinating that it is all video-based, you know, yeah. that the, they are consuming their information yep. uh, via these. Not not reading it, not reading it on a news website or whatnot. It's all it's all video. Well, so, I mean, it, it's, I mean we've, we've known this. Like, we've established that the younger generations, especially Gen Z, are more video-based than any others. That's why so many marketing activities are devoted towards towards video these days yep. because yep. if you're trying to attract that generation yep. it's that's that's their preferred format. Well, and so to your point early on when we first started breaking into this article, you were indicating that yeah, no, okay, so media, TV media is not in here and print media is not right. in here. But I I feel like it, that would not matter at all oh, to millennials they, and Gen Z. They would barely be a blip to it anyone even be a blip. outside of boomers and maybe a good chunk of Gen X. Yeah, it would barely be a blip. And yeah. I'll be honest, I I mean, I don't well, tell the last time, time I wore a newspaper. I was gonna, I was just about to ask. When's the last time you held a newspaper in your hand? I couldn't tell you. Like of any anything either. of any substance, no. And then you know, and I don't watch a lot of. I don't watch a lot of cable news or mm. local, you know, local news? news really either anymore. No. no. Well, see, I watch the local news just to see like what's I, going my on. Thing is like, but it usually have... only lasts five or ten minutes because it's all the murders. Right. And, stuff and like I don't know if on. this was built into the news publisher's website. Like, I, I always have the Apple News app on my phone, and I have mm. alerts for a lot of different news publications that I like to follow. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so there's a lot of news I get from those alerts that come through. Mm-hmm. Twitter's probably like a secondary one, but, it, but I tend to use Twitter more for just like, hey, I want reactions to to last night's episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, you know, right, like right, 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 right. More than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, but I think, yeah, for me, personally, the news is probably more of, like, app-based. So I guess if that counts maybe under the website part of things. I think that would. But That's yeah, where that I, would fall, I've yeah. Never, I've never thought of it from, from TikTok. I wouldn't think of it necessarily from YouTube. Twitter, maybe. I don't do Instagram or Facebook anymore. So mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. It, it's just interesting. It's, it is interesting. And it's interesting to see, like, because... You know, we've been looking at this death knell of, of some types of social media for a while. Mm-hmm. I think it's been a slowly happening. I, I've said it before. I don't see, like, Facebook or Twitter lasting this decade, frankly. Like, mm-hmm. I think both mm-hmm. of them will probably be gone. But I'm also curious about what they get replaced by with at this point. Because mm-hmm. I think TikTok's probably not going to be the answer because it seems like that's on a slippery slope for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Is someone going to come up with something similar to that that might work in well, its place? YouTube Shorts, know. you know. Yeah, YouTube yeah. Shorts could kind of get us there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's probably also we're probably just also reaching this point where I have to acknowledge that I'm probably starting to age out of some <laughs> of the the newer innovations. Welcome Again, to the like club, I said, brother. I, I, you know, I'm at least on TikTok. At least I'm enough there. But starting I also to age out. I also yes. don't quite understand you know yes. TikTok in the way that other people do. I, right. I definitely have found no nothing useful for myself. I'm like, no one cares, <laughs> is going to care what I put on face, on TikTok at all. I cannot see myself going viral there in any sense whatsoever. Oh, come on. Unless we, it's someone else taking a video of me doing something stupid right. and putting it out there and everybody laughing That's at it. Fair. But, That's know. fair. That's fair. So anyway, there you have stuff. it. There's the, uh, there's the news and where people are getting the news. Now, following up on the news, real quick, I thought we'd t- tap into my the last story is the kiosk marketplace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they came out with a with a recent study that they actually do every year, a census report, 
And it's just one of those things that I find fascinating because I, I used to, you know, live in the digital signage kind right, of right. Uh, kiosk type of world. This world continues to gain momentum, you know, be very big. I know we've talked about it a lot here. Just some numbers behind it. $14.5 billion in global sales of interactive kiosks, wow. not counting ATMs, or for whatever reason, refreshment vending machines they, they cut out of this, <laughs> which I thought was kind of, yeah, I got a chuckle out of that too. Uh, but anyway, it, which is a 20% gain uh, just from last from 2021, which was just $12 billion. So, I mean, when you've got a kegger like that that's running, uh, when you've got these kinds of increases, I'm telling you, you know, again, for a lot of our folks, if you're not into kiosk or not even interested, right. uh, you maybe you should be because a lot of this stuff um, is going to be prevalent everywhere. So anyway, yeah. uh, they, they queried 300 companies uh, and kind of asked them some questions around, you know, how do you use it and those types of things. Now, of those 300, 55% of those that answered this were in retail, mm-hmm. uh, and then 18% were in government. Uh, 13% were in no category, I, so I don't know who the heck these people were. Yeah, they uh, said none of the above includes financial, lodging, utilities. Oh, there you go. Residential, okay. manufacturing, yeah. storage, places where yep. you just don't see a lot of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what all I wanted to call out is, you know, from from those folks, what type of kiosks are you operating? And some of them you you would be like, yeah, of course. Right. It's, it's the retail order and pay kind of kiosk. I'm going to skip number two. Yeah, Government, admin, ed- education, okay, restaurant orders, yeah, paying. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff you're starting to see it in healthcare. In fact, that came in at 11 uh, percent, or visitor and employee kind of health screening and things of that nature. Yep. Um, and then just some of the more niche stuff that's starting to come up, like pickup lockers yep. Yep. Uh, and parking. I, I highlighted gift dispensing. Do you do you know what gift dispense? <laughs> I thought that was odd. I, that came in at seven percent. I'm like. Gift dispensing I don't, kiosk? I don't, what is that? Unless that's just like where you again can like maybe like kind of like create your own gift or something. Like maybe a, like, is that know, are like we build a bear or something? You, you know, yeah, yeah, the little claw where you, where you grab the bear. I don't I, know. I was a little sure confused that on that one. Um, but anyway, another one that I find fascinating. I guess it could be like the stuff like you find in um, airports. You know, where there's like little you know kiosks oh, there that you can yeah, buy stuff out. Right. Of. Maybe that's what they're there. Talking it about. is yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, so I'm going to go back up to bill payment. Yeah, I thought that was interesting at number two. So, so clearly, and I and I apologize. You know, I've never had to pay a bill via a kiosk, right? right? right. But I guess that that's a a cash type of a transaction. Uh, find you know, a lot you, like in, in I can in see in myself grocery using stores, it. Okay, you know, local like local sh- shops or whatever. And to your point, yes, it typically is sometimes in low income communities or places right. where there's not a lot of accessibility to yep. banks, ATMs, yep. yep, or the or the you know the actual company that you're paying to at all right. either, right? Yeah. So, and, and you know, but I but I found it fascinating that that that's a really high number of it kiosks uh, that are out there. Some of the things that are waning. In fact, I just saw in the news yesterday that Netflix did they finally ma- mail their last DVD? They're not yes. doing it anymore. Yes. DVD rental is still on here, so I'm guessing. Okay, I guess so, Redbox is still out there. So yeah. my message is: get into kiosk. It's okay. Get into self serve, but not <laughs> DVD rental. Yeah, ones. They're down there at two percent now. Still. Yeah. 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 Which uh, curiously, EV charging, which we already talked about, is down there now. That's one that's going to skyrocket oh, yeah. up yep. if you ask yep. me. Yep. Yeah. And just don't. 
get into the DVD rentals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, a little on the dead side. I saw that like Netflix posted something on Twitter of like showed like the uh, video of the iterations of all of their DVD packaging over the years. Oh, I was, really? I was a very early adopter. I was on board very early in the world of Netflix. Was mm-hmm. totally into getting those DVDs in the mail for a long time before mm-hmm. they went to streaming and gave me it like kind of choked me up a little bit. I'm like, man, like that was. <laughs> That's Good iconic, times. man. Like, Good yeah. times, yeah. Like, that was, that was, you know, that was streaming before streaming existed, where you just, like, you know, like, you, I got, like, a disc of, like, an, you know, like, 10 episodes of Star Trek or whatever, and yes. watch them and send them back, got another yes. disc. Yes. Yeah. So good, good stuff. stuff, good yeah. stuff. And to put a put a bow on this one, average cost for a kiosk thirty three percent of those that are installed are under five thousand dollars. So it's not you bad. Know, no, it's not bad at all. And, and the commentary there is, yeah, the technology is getting to a point now where uh, it you know, the cost it really isn't the prohibitive <laughs> right, factor right. in trying to install some of these things because it used to be. And as we talked about it on the head end of this. A show, you know, automation, labor shortages. When you uh, so when you look at it, fifty six percent of those kiosks that are installed are ten thousand dollars or less. So if you can put in some self serving or some kiosks that do these tasks mm-hmm. for less mm-hmm. than ten grand, well, unfortunately, you know that's compared to labor, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, you you can get your ROI yeah. real real quick on something. Yeah, they don't like take that. breaks. They don't ask for raises. <laughs> Right. Not that I don't want the laborers <laughs> to get their piece, but I'm just saying, if you're struggling with that, that can be a nice... Or again, as we've always said, uh, you can reallocate your labor force to other tasks that help build your business, There too, it is. You know? There like, it is. Yeah, yeah. So they don't have to stand there manning a cash register. You can have them doing other more productive activities all day. Bingo. Good so there stuff. you go. Now you got your water cooler topics. There you go. For the next month or so. Yeah. Yeah, until, until, we, until do we do this next again. Next tech bite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and hey, if you got ideas for tech bites, by the way, mm-hmm. I would love to get some of those. Let's do. Because Dean and I, you know, we keep we try to keep our running lists as we go through stuff. Yep. And sometimes we got to do one of these episodes. Maybe we're like, oh, we need to we need to fill in an episode. We don't have a guest for this week. Let's right. let's yep. do a tech bites. Yep. And I don't know about you, but occasionally I'm kind of scrambling, like, oh, I got to find some of the stuff yeah, you know, that I've got. Sure. I got to yeah, find yeah. a new article to talk about. Right. If you have interesting stories that you would like to hear us talk about. You should let us know about those. Absolutely. Just like we want you to tell us about what's going on and or what what you want to hear about on the podcast in general. Mm-hmm. Send that stuff to us. There's always a link in the show notes for you to drop topic ideas and submissions for us. Send that stuff into us. You can also send it to us via email, via Twitter. So you can always find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up as always with our. Uh, usually, we have our value to the VAR segment, and I think we've touched on this a little bit. But what kind of takeaways do you have from any of these stories that are relevant to our VARs that they should really be paying attention to? Yeah, again, I mean, just to kind of reiterate, I'm going to go back to the EV charging yep. one because I really think that there's some gold in that. Uh, th- we have solutions for you if you're interested. Reach out to us. Th- there is a tsunami coming there. Uh, it's just the early stages of the train pulling out of the station. Yep. And if you're looking for new opportunities in your area, if you've got great relationships with folks in your, which you know you do, there are opportunities there. Yeah. Uh, and and you know we always talk about it. It's adding onto your tech stack and and being able to be flexible in your in some of your offerings. Maybe thinking outside the box a little bit. You know, that's what you need to do, and and this is a way to do that. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then get your workers, you know, only four days of work (laughs) with, I guess. (laughs) Hey, why not? If you can, do it. (laughs) Uh, The uh, the only thing I would add, the EV thing stood out to me. Obviously, the ProMat story, too, kind of illustrates, you know. Yeah. It's everybody's pain. There is a clearly a – there's pain points. There are challenges. 
that are clearly still out there, and mm. people are are hungry for solutions. Mm -hmm. Fifty thousand people show up to a show yeah, where right. the bulk of the conversations are around automation and labor shortages. Great point. And how do we how we solve those problems? And companies that are there showing off how to solve those problems. Yep. Yep. That just tells me that's that yep. is a grow a need that has not gone anywhere yet, mm -hmm. and there is demand for it. And if you're not talking about it to your customers, someone else or figuring is. out a solution for it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so hey, you if you need it. those partners, come to us. Yep. We're happy to help hook you up with this partners. Is true. This is true. Yes, so. absolutely. All right, let's wrap up as always with what's tech connecting with you. Kind of an extension of our tech bites in a way where we get to talk about <laughs> something in the world of science, tech, innovation that caught our eye, got our attention, uh, we want to chat about. Kick it off here, Dean. What's tech connecting with you? Oh, uh, you're going to love me for this one. All right. All right I'm just going to read it. Researchers uncover mechanisms that allow beetles to absorb moisture from the atmosphere through... Their rear ends. Oh, yes, exactly. Course. A unique ability replaces the need to drink water and allows insects to thrive <laughs> in dry environments. I know you know, when I see when I come across a headline like that, it's just yeah. I wonder if it's, it's catnip for you, isn't it? It yeah. is clickbait. <laughs> I, I fully understand that I am, you know, succumbing to that. But if there's some research behind if somebody actually sat there and and did the research to confirm that this is right, actually right. true, that beetles can absorb moisture through their rear ends. Are we missing out on something as humans? Like, <laughs> do, is putting our underwear and pants on, are we missing out of opportunities to like be healthier in some way or maybe, do something better? I don't maybe know. Maybe it like, is. I don't want to be the one to experiment with it, but the animal kingdom seems uh, like they're, they're right. into well, this. Well, beetles are hard to kill, right? I mean, the, these true. little guys can, can, they're like cockroaches. I think they can yeah, survive yeah. whatever, nuclear winters and stuff like It's because they're absorbing water from all kinds of orifices. It go. doesn't really matter. I thought you would love this one. And you're going to love this one, too. Okay. I got two of them. Pizzeria offers free pizza for a year, uh, for a year, free pizza for a year in exchange for what? T-Swift tickets. That's how hard <laughs> they are to get. You cannot get, so this poor guy down in, uh, let me see where he's at. I think he's down in Texas somewhere. Uh, no, 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 New Orleans. New Orleans Pizzeria offering free pizza for a year in exchange for your Taylor Swift tickets. Well, I mean, if, if he wants to come to Cincinnati, to he can have mine. I oh, mean, you got T-Swift tickets? Yeah, I mean, what? they're like nosebleeds, like well, behind Z, the stage nosebleeds. Z's Pizzeria think, will buy them from you. Well, no, we'll, we'll take them from you and give you free pizza hey, for I, a year maybe for i need that. to sample the pizza first if it's really <laughs> that good well maybe down in new orleans I, I, she's selling out everywhere right yeah, like the yeah. whole thing didn't it sell out in like oh yeah like it was or and like there that. was just a monumental disaster a monumental disaster getting that. people getting tickets well and, xander yeah. white this poor guy at z's pizzeria the owner of z's pizzeria don't feel too bad for him but anyway uh you know he can't get tickets and so he would have been willing he is willing to give you yeah. a year's worth of pizza isn't mm, that fun yeah, that's well, fun anyway there you go. so what's fun. tech connecting with you my friend all right so my latest mobile obsession mobile i don't obsession. get into mobile games that often on my phone but i have I know, become you got me in that tech mobile thing but anyway go oh, ahead. Yeah, yeah yeah that yeah, was yeah. that was my obsession that's a good for a while. one it's a good but one. now i've got one that i've even got on my phone which i usually don't do them on my phone if i do them it's maybe on my ipad when All i'm right. home relaxing but now i've got one on my phone it's called marvel snap <laughs> so it is based on marvel comics and the marvel films yes. properties okay and it is a it is a such a simple game, but man, is it addicting. Marvel Snap. And it's basically one of these like card games of sorts where essentially mm. you play and you're given a hand, a deck of yeah. like, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 cards, something okay. like that, all right. of various characters. They all have different properties depending on how to utilize them. And these them. are real characters that you yeah, would recognize? these are actual characters from got Marvel. It. Well, if you're not a Marvel comics person, you right. may not know who half the characters okay, are. Got it, got it, got but it. there's a lot of recognizable ones from the movies and sure, stuff, obviously, sure. and the TV shows. Okay. So it's it's 
basically you compete against another player. So you go in, you start a game, mm -hmm. someone else joins in, mm -hmm. and essentially you have like three zones that are on the screen. And each of those zones can potentially modify what you do with your cards when you put them there or might okay. change things up. All right. So you every turn you have a certain amount of energy so, and your cards cost a certain amount to play. Mm. So you can play a card, maybe you know bump up your stats, and whoever wins two out of those three zones wins that game and you get like power ups and boosts and new sure. cards and stuff. You can play it. It's one of those games. It's a freemium game where you can pay if you wanted to, yeah, 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 to yeah. get better stuff. But I have not paid a dime for this game <laughs> at all. And I've been playing it for a few weeks now and I've leveled up constantly and I'm always, I'm getting new, new fun cards and stuff. I'm not like, it's one of those things where like, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, not as like sitting there playing like 20 games in a row anymore, uh, Okay, but still something enough fun enough where if I've got a few extra minutes, like a game takes maybe like, Two three minutes. To, oh, it's to that play. fast. Maybe, well, there's the snap. maybe like five minutes. Marvel total, snap. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and you know, there's a there's kind of a um, the snap part of it is because you can snap like Thanos and like up the amount of points that you can get for a game if you're oh. feeling confident. Oh. You can snap to your opponent, basically tell them like, "I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to beat you." Gotcha. They can do the same and keep up in the ante. Mm. And if you need to, if you really think you're not going to win. You can also retreat and kind of save your losses a little bit too. But it's just, it's one of those games you start playing if you're in any way remotely invested in Marvel or interested in that stuff or like those kind of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I promise you it's a, it's a, a fun game, but you'll, you'll lose some time. In, so. And you don't have to pay any money to Is to it really fun enough it. that Miles could do it? Easy enough that Miles He's could do it? He's been watching me play. Mm -hmm, like he doesn't mm -hmm. quite get it. Mostly yeah, yeah, he just yeah. likes to peek over my shoulder and go, who's that? Who's that? What character yeah, is that? Yeah, What's yeah, his yeah. power? Is that a good guy? Is that a bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's something I'm sure if he were a little bit older, he would be all about it and playing it like in two or three too, minutes, so. like when you're waiting in line to pick him up, uh, you know, childcare or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. Boom, boom, There's boom. not it's 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 a yeah. pretty quick run you can do to to, to play a quick game. Marvel so. Snap, it is my there friend. You go. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, that's what's tech connecting with us. Those are the bites we decided to chew on. Yes. in the world of tech, science, and innovation this week. Uh, again, send in your ideas for us if you have them. But that yeah. is all for us. It is time for us to unplug. So until next time. Uh, you know, um, get uh, if you got some Taylor Swift tickets, reach out yeah, to a reach out to your local pizzeria, pizza do, do a little swapping. Find a right city that a hundred thousand dollars goes a good <laughs> good distance in. Reach out to us about EV stations. Yeah, and um, I'm gonna take tomorrow off and start there you go, working four day, on this four day work four week. Day thing, so. Just like that. Yeah, there you go. Until <laughs> next time, stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. It pays to partner with Zebra. Oh, I love that does line. It, does it make up for that day off that we're going to take off work, though? <laughs> Got to get paid. Zebra's not endorsing that. Or no. That, or at least not that they're putting in this particular ad. There so you go. That's, yes. that's just me speaking out of turn. Right. Join the Sell and Win Club incentive program to be recognized and rewarded for your individual sales performance. You'll accumulate points for eligible sales transactions, which you can redeem for exciting rewards from Zebra's extensive rewards catalog. Rewards include merchandise, gift cards, experiences, I don't know what nice. that means. Experiences. experiences, educational resources, and more. Uh, there are other great opportunities available to earn even more points in the Sell and Win Club, such as attending live training webinars, taking advantage of special promotions, or participating in the Zebra Customer Reference Program. Nice. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more about how to get started or reach out to your Blue Star Zebra BBM. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Elo. 
Built with versatility in mind, Elo Edge Connect offers a wide assortment of peripheral options for your digital display. Whether endless aisle, self-order, collaboration, you can seamlessly attach up to four peripherals to the touchscreen edge with flexibility to add, remove, or change later as needed. Yes. There's always fun stuff when you can plug and play things. Absolutely. And... Especially up to four. It's like Mr. Potato Head. You can just attach whatever you need to it. <laughs> Modularity, folks. There it is. Elo presents Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Uh, temperature sensors, status lights, 3D conference cameras, barcode scanners, card readers, collaboration tools, payment cradles, that little mustache, some right. feet. <laughs> if you can't find peripherals to meet any customer needs, you just aren't trying. You're not trying. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star account manager. 